Hello and welcome to the channel. We are the Hollow Grumps. I'm Liam. And I'm Colum. And we're here today to continue our reviews of the original series with episode 4, The Enemy Within. But before we start, make sure to hit the like and subscribe button if you like what you see here for future content. So, this episode was directed by Leo Penn, and the synopsis reads, A transporter malfunction splits Captain Kirk into two people, one good and one evil, and neither capable of functioning well separately. The crew of the Enterprise must race against the clock to solve this mystery, while Sulu and a survey team are stuck on the planet Alpha 177. Now, before we get into it, there is a bit of trivia that we always like to do at the start of these reviews, and our trivia today is a bit of nerve pinch trivia. Now, the original script called for Spock to karate chop Kirk to subdue him. Leonard Nimoy felt that this would be uncharacteristically violent act for a peace-loving species like the Vulcans, so he came up with like a, a pincer-like grasp on the neck that has since become known as the Vulcan nerve pinch, and has become one of the character's most famous gimmicks. The whole setup for the events of this episode are a technician named Fisher slips down a rock and takes a flop. He is forced <laughs> to beam back to the Enterprise to be treated by McCoy. However, some yellow magnetic goo dust is covering him and he messes with the transporter. Damn it. Causing so much bother. Oh, bother. And I love the way... Do, do you think the crew of the Enterprise ever thinks about the applications of this technology later on? What, they've split the atom now? Watch as we split the human... Yeah, split it into good and evil. Is that what happens, Liam? Yeah, presumably everyone sitting here has seen the episode, so it's okay if we jump into things like that. I don't know if Archie's seen the episode, but okay. Okay, sorry, Archie. Spoilers! <laughs> so, my initial observation. What a great dog. What a great dog in a great dog costume. Oh, the, oh, yeah. <laughs> the dog with the horn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I loved it. <laughs> Space dog. <laughs> it was it was impossible to think of it as anything other than a, other than a shih tzu. <laughs> <laughs> it just had just all the dog mannerisms. And I know they, they do the unspeakable thing of killing the dog in the episode because it couldn't handle the reintegration process. But when they have the evil dog and the good dog sitting side by side in the transporter and the good dog is just licking the evil dog whilst it's unconscious, <laughs> I was like, that's just a dog. It is literally <laughs> just... What, what, would the, what makes a dog evil? Like, surely they're <laughs> concepts that are exclusive to humans. Where, where did them dogs live on the planet? Did they have like a, sp a, a warm spot that Sulu and the team could have tried That's to That's what suss all that shaggy out? fur was for. I don't know. All right, well, anyway, we're getting, we're, oh, we'll, we'll get yeah. onto it, yeah. <laughs> and I love how when Fisher beams up onto the ship and Scotty's like, oh, uh, something wrong with this transporter. And then he's like, hmm, we'll, we'll, we'll have to check that later. Captain, you're good to beam up. Oh, yeah. Uh, listen, it might be a bit faulty, but when it's a life or death thing, you don't go and get into a plane where you're like, oh, bit of something bit wrong with the wing there. All of this is Scotty's fault to an extent because he <laughs> acknowledges that there's a problem with the transporter and the transporter even cops out when Fisher's trying to beam up and he gets stuck there. Then they beam him up again and then 
Scott, he's like, what I beam found, up, Captain. <laughs> what I found funniest is the fact that they beam him up and he's like, oh, I feel a bit strange. Oh, I feel a bit weird. If they'd only waited another 30 seconds, yeah, <laughs> the other Kirk would have beamed up and then That's none the typical, of this would have happened. It's like the other Kirk was waiting in the transporter to come out at the right time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jumps out. So Great the scene. transporter ended up making Mr. Hyde Kirk's evil alter ego. The, the, the other thing I noticed about this was Kirk didn't have a com badge or an insignia on his uniform. But then all of a sudden, evil Kirk walks into sickbay. And lo and behold, his com badge is on him. And he's looking for some Saurian brandy. Saurian brandy. Because, you know, when you want alcohol, the first place you go is sickbay. Well, it does have a lot of medicinal purposes, doesn't it? Presumably in the 24th century, they would have uh, something a bit more useful than brandy. Maybe it, it, because it's sorry and brandy, you're like, we've got to keep this away from people. So the only person qualified to look after this chemical substance is the doctor. Who just decides when a raving lunatic Kirk comes in and said, I need the brandy. Brandy like, oh, for me. Okay, Jim, here, here's your brandy. Please and call me Jim. It, it doesn't really change what he's like. He's, he comes in like a drunk raven lunatic, drinks the brandy, and he's still just a drunk raven lunatic. You yeah, but that now much? he has eyeliner. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> so that's what the Saurian brandy does. It applies makeup to you. Yeah. Very useful. Yeah. Yeah. We then have emo punk evil Kirk making his way into Yeoman Janice's room to spy on her. And it is nice that it is still pink, although it's not as pink as it was in Charlie X. We're forced to endure this terrifying kiss scene that was just really uncomfortable because I was like, I don't know how much he's acting and how comfortable the actress is in this situation. You imagine he stuck that into the script. Yeah, he's supposed to just spy on her, but he, <laughs> he jumped out. He's like, just, just we're we're improving here, so let's just let's just play with you it. You just can't you, you you can't say no during an improv. That was that was the breaking point where she did say no and starts pushing him off. And yeah. The scratch is real. And the guy on the other side of the door that Kirk has to jump was actually just going to get a prop. <laughs> it does lead to Kirk doing an epic takedown of this crewman where the crewman goes to a comm panel, says his full name, says what deck he's on, and then Kirk hops on his back and obviously it triggers his sciatica and he falls to the ground. It's decent of evil Kirk or Hyde Kirk to not kill anyone. He always just kind of tumbles with people and throws them on the ground. you think he'd be firing his gun constantly when he gets it later on. If he's meant to embody the complete evil aspect of somebody, but the most he does is just jump on people's backs. Jockey people. I'd say Shatner was having a field day in this episode, though. As in, he seems to love the overacting aspect of things. Yeah, and the biggest overacting thing he does is... <laughs> I don't know why they put this shot in, but... Is it Good Kirk and Spock? They get in the turbo lift to the sick bay. And yeah, as the because... door closes, <laughs> dun, dun, dun. yeah, Kirk, evil Kirk's hand appears, and all either of us were thinking was Jekyll and Hyde. Yeah, just like Janice and and Kirk. You know, he's just following the footsteps of Jekyll or <laughs> Mister Hyde. How come there was blood all over his hand? All he did was jump on your man's back. He didn't rip him to pieces. Thanks. The sheer madness. <laughs> yeah, just gone. Whenever Kirk loses his mind, it's he jumps straight into the... 
uh, yeah, I'm, I'm afraid. I'm afraid to even do it at this point. <laughs> but like, it is. It's just this this raving lunatic, Captain yeah. Crazy Kirk. So anyway, Kirk, good Kirk, becomes conveniently stupid in the transporter room, because apparently, uh, evil comes with intelligence. Yeah, that was the first time in the episode where he just becomes stupid, and he's like, um, um, I've lost my train of train. Train of, train of thought, sir? Yes, yes, Spock. I, did. I don't even know what a train is. <laughs> yeah, of course, they're not the lines, but, you know, it may as yeah. well be, yeah. be what he said. It kind of begs the question, though. If Kirk becomes vulnerable, he loses command. Spock says to Kirk, you cannot let the crew know that you've become vulnerable, Captain. You will lose your command. Mutiny. <laughs> yeah, is, are we meant to be in the mirror universe here? It feels like that at this point, doesn't it? Good Kirk makes the announcement over the ship that angry Kirk can't be harmed. The crew has to set their phasers to stun. And you see angry Kirk's reaction. He's listening to the whole thing and he's like, I'm, I'm Captain Kirk. I'm, I'm Captain Kirk. Captain Kirk. Well, don't forget, he also has a, a bit of a strange accent. Well, in my opinion, he does. We have the, the confrontation scene between Kirk and Kirk. Oh, God. Have anyone seen the musical Jekyll and Hyde? This will sound familiar. Good Kirk is like, I'm part of you. You need me. I need you. And then angry Kirk's like, I don't need you. <laughs> Cut that. Get, kill it. Get it out of there. Get it. Go away. Go away. Uh, uh, uh. So it begs the question, though, is is a good leader someone who has both good and bad qualities then? Is that the moral of the whole thing that we need to recognize that these traits exist in all people? Probably our first scene in Star Trek, and this is a common thing that recurs throughout the series, all of them, uh, Sulu heats a rock with his phaser so all of them can sit around and get warm. Woo-hoo. But all the phasers just disappear then. And all the rocks, I suppose, they, they, they won't they, stay warm long enough. They get too cold, I guess. Yeah, it's just it was, it was something that was nice for the plot to show the phasers can do it, but we're not going to keep it in all the time. Eventually, they come to the conclusion that they don't have time to sit around deliberating because the team is on the surface. So Kirk says, Right, okay, I, I'll do it, I think. <laughs> but then he wakes up um, Evil Kirk to give him the news And Evil Kirk's like Evil Kirk smash I don't want to Kirk's... be good <laughs> And he puts on Kirk's green tunic And scratches good Kirk's face And you know gives himself his plus 10 charisma hmm. Enters the bridge And uh, tries to make the ship Warp out of the system And Spock's like Captain I thought we were going to Try re-emerge you with the other Kirk and he's like oh we don't have time for that let's let's get out of here what's most strange about all this is that he doesn't try to subdue good Kirk and he doesn't he doesn't fully comprehend that just leaving is just really suspicious that's because he doesn't have the intelligence all he has is the anger and the brute force and brute but, of course, the scene of the two of them on the bridge, Good Kirk and Bad Kirk, uh, lends itself to more great overacting. And I'll put this picture in here. I almost feel like that should be the thumbnail. 
Oh, yes. <laughs> really aggressive, angry Kirk. Um, but of course, then they have. Then eventually, he subdues angry Kirk, and good Kirk brings him onto the transporter. Well, we pad get it, just... we get our happy ending. Yeah, he hugs yeah. himself, hugs himself, metaphor. and they they uh, transport back into one. He'll always be with him. It was beauty be killed one. the beast. Well, anyway, Charlie X right, did it. Okay, Liam, I have a question for you. Yeah. Do you think there's an evil evil man trying to get out inside of you? I'd say there is. People aren't as transparent as they might appear to be. And you could always be wrestling with the lunatic inside. Yeah. And you know, it takes courage to do that. It takes courage to hold back your primal instincts. And I think that's what McCoy was getting at here with Kirk, saying the intelligence that Kirk has, the reasoning skills, is what gives him courage because the raving lunatic is scared all the time. I, I mean, you do wrestle with it every day. And we're going to close it out there. So if you like what you see, if you enjoy what you saw, remember to hit the like and subscribe button. And be sure to comment below as well if you have any thoughts on the episode. We'll be continuing these reviews every week. So for the Hollow Grumps, I've been Colm. And I've been Liam. Remember, existence is futile. <laughs>